My name is Dennis Big. I run the security for World Wrestling, and one of our wrestlers that lives down there is missing. Okay, what's his name? Chris Benoit. It was a particularly brutal and vicious murder. It was something that showed some sign of real rage. Chris was just this gentle giant. Nobody expects their friend to kill their family. Like, what? I can't point my finger at one thing and say, this is what caused my brother not to snap. People need to understand that that was not him. He was my hero. I need to talk about this. If you're going to say I'm glorifying a murder, stop listening now. It's Saturday night. We're going to go into Laredo, Texas. We're doing the Texas loop. I get to Laredo, and Chris, myself, and Scott Armstrong are going to ride together. And then later, I get a call from Chris, and he goes, oh, man, uh, I'm not going to make it. What's wrong? Because uh, uh, Daniel and Nancy have food poisoning, and I'm just trying to take care of them. And I'm like, oh, man, are you good? You're right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm OK, I'm OK. I said, well, tomorrow we're in Houston for the pay-per-view. So he goes, OK, OK, great. I said, OK, man. And he goes, Chavo, Chavo. Go, yeah? And he goes, I love you. And I'm like, OK, but I, I, I love you too, man. Hmm. That was weird. And I go, you, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm okay, man. Just, you know, just, I'm just really tired. And I said, okay, man, okay, well, you call me, you need to get any problem. Okay, well, I will. So then, that's it. About 5.30 in the morning, I get a text, and it was from Chris's phone, and it said, the dogs are in the enclosed pool area, and the back door is open. So I'm half asleep, and I see this text, and I'm like, the heck is that? All of a sudden, 30 seconds later, I get another text from Nancy's phone, and it says the exact same thing. And I was like, that's weird. I get another text right afterwards that was his physical address. What is that? So I disregarded it, thinking, I'm picking Chris up in three hours at the airport. So then, yeah, I meet Scott downstairs. We go get breakfast, and I talk to him. I go, hey, man, did you get a weird text from Chris? And he goes, yeah, I did. I said, what did it say? And he said the exact same thing. We drive to Corpus Christi for the next show. Still no word from Chris. So the head of talent relations, Johnny Ace, asked me, hey, Chavo, have you heard from Chris? And I said, no. I said, but look, Johnny, and I bring out my phone, and I show him. These are the texts that I got from Chris yesterday. And Johnny, in his raspy voice, is like, Chavo, why didn't you show us these yesterday? And I'm like, look, man, we're covering for, for, for Chris. We didn't know where he was. You didn't know where he was. The office starting to get concerned because it was getting to be like 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So Vince McMahon has sent a wellness check to his house. I was in my patrol car just riding around the county and uh, was pretty close to the area when the call went out. My name is Larry Alden. I was with Fayette County Sheriff's Office. I was a lieutenant in charge of the shift that was working the day of the Benoit incident. I had been a detective for about 15 or 20 years. I'd probably see Chris Benoit like once or twice a week at the gym, which was right in the middle of Fayetteville. He didn't talk a lot, and he was pretty focused on getting his workout in. I'd never heard anything about him. I didn't even know where he lived at until the call came out on the radio that day. I wasn't thinking of anything other than a welfare check, where maybe he was sick, maybe drunk, didn't really know what. I pulled up on scene about the time the neighbor was walking over, and I walked up to them. And I asked if she had seen Mr. Benoit or anybody. And she said, it's been three or four days since I've seen anybody over there. There was two large canines in the yard. 
If I remember correctly, they were German Shepherds. We asked her if there was any place she could put the dogs at so that we could go up there and do the welfare check. And she said, oh yeah, me and the dogs get along great. I feed them whenever they're out of town. And she jumped the fence, dogs right there with her. She walked them in there, never had to take hold to them. It was taking a little longer than I thought it should take. But then she came running out the door, screaming that Daniel's dead, Daniel's dead. I went from just being a regular welfare check. Okay, we got something more serious here. So this man calls a meeting at the ring. Dean Malenko sitting next to me. I, I just had this really bad feeling. Dean's like, there's something wrong. Something is not right. That's when Mr. McMahon stands up in the ring and says, we just got word that Chris Benoit, Nancy, and Daniel have all passed away. And the gasps, of course, around the ring. I remember Vicky, because she just let out this hurling scream. I, I freaked out, and I started crying. And Dean kind of stood up, and he grabbed my hand, and he took me off to the back. So then Vince is backstage, and I walk up to Vince, and I said, what happened? What happened? And I'm a little frantic. And he says, they're gone. I said, what do you mean they're gone? And he hugs me super tight. And my head's on his shoulder, like, crying to Vince. Like, no, no, no. Like, what happened? I don't understand. I don't understand. Nobody understood because no one knew the details yet. That's when all of this, you know, all of these details start coming out about it's not just him that's dead, it's Nancy, and then Daniel's dead as well. And then that's when it just started getting out of control. The father killed his wife and son and then committed suicide. That's what's happened here. You didn't want to believe it. Can't believe it. Can't be true. But it was. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Wrestling with Conspiracies. This is the first one of many to come, and if you haven't figured it out by now, we are going to be speaking about the Chris Benoit conspiracy. There's many different things that can be said about it. I, I want to start it off by going one by one and just giving our thoughts in general about what we think happened and how much of it we believe and don't believe. And after that, we'll, we'll go through and list off some of the conspiracy theories that people have brought up about it. So I'm going to go over to Johnny first and see what he has to say about it. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's an unfortunate tragedy. Some things don't add up. Some things do, especially after after the autopsy was done and they, they did the brain scan. At, and then based on, there was all kinds of drugs in the house, equivalent of a, a small pharmacy. But like what doesn't add up is like what what you we just played in the video there, the the text messages that were sent overnight to Chavo and Scott Armstrong. Uh, that, you know, pretty much detailing, you know, 
what what his address was and how to get in the house because it sounded like they they were in distress. Uh, uh, but then you know you you've seen the the evidence of of how they piece together you know how he he murdered you know his wife and his son and took all he took his own life it was very uh, very detailed investigation but yeah like i said you know there's some things that that don't add up to that true what are your thoughts on it I'll let you be. <laughs> it's a lot to take in. I think he had some mental problems. He was dealing with some stuff. Didn't know how to deal with it. Might have been taken. Like Johnny said, I had a whole pharmacy there. And a couple of years before, he lost his best friend. So maybe that played into it too. Not to mention many other friends over the previous years, and even even in the months leading up to that. Yeah, Sherry Martell passed away a week just a week before that from a drug overdose. She was good friends with Nancy. Right. And Before we continue, uh, Loomsy, thank you for the four months, bro. But yeah, there's there's a lot of different things that have been brought up and debunked about it. Me personally, I I just don't see how a sane, normal person would be able to do something like this to his own wife and kid, even though like him and his wife had their fair share of issues. Him and Nancy went through a lot. And many times they went back and forth on getting divorced. I still don't see a regular person being able to do this. Which then comes into the CTE argument that, you know, they did the brain scans and they showed that he did have significant damage to his brain and that he wasn't acting rationally and thinking rationally a lot of the time. His finisher was the diving headbutt, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he had the the brain of an eighty year old man with uh, with uh, early onset uh, dementia. And I I think he could have had CTE early, and that contributed to it. Could have been steroids contributing to that as well. Yeah, and maybe some other drug he had taken. He he was taking testosterone, so all that mixed up together, he might not have been in his right mind. He probably wasn't. Yeah, I I don't think he was in his right mind. And that's that's one of the worrying things that 
a lot of people still worry about to this day with current superstars who do moves along the same line as Chris Benoit used to do. I know one of the ones a lot of people worry about is Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson. They worry about him a lot because of his his history with concussions and him still going out there and doing some of these moves. But, yeah, that's always going to be, I think, the main focus whenever anyone brings up Chris Benoit and the tragedy that happened. So to to get into some of the conspiracies that have been debunked, there was Kevin Sullivan. Yes. Who is Nancy's ex husband were they were married, right? Yes, they were married. They were married in nineteen ninety two. And to uh to give a little backstory on that uh, she was his manager in, in WCW. She went by the name, name of Woman. She managed managed other wrestlers. Also, when they left WCW, they went to other places like Smoky Mountain Wrestling and ECW, where she again managed other wrestlers as well as as Kevin Sullivan. And but then they went back to WCW in the late nineties, where that's when Kevin became. Uh, like a player coach type of deal. He he was a, a booker, but he was still wrestling as well. Yeah. And that he he booked a storyline between him and Chris Benoit. Uh, and Nancy was actually Chris's road partner, so they were always they were they would share hotels and they would you know drive in the car together and and on the plane together. So it's it's natural that that you know. That two people that that spend that much time together are gonna eventually become attracted to each other, and I think Kevin was uh, he was starting to get jealous, especially after Nancy divorced him. And I I don't think I don't think Kevin Kevin uh, you know forgot about that. I don't think he got over it. Yeah, I don't think he got over it either. But one of the things a lot of people would say about Kevin was that when when it came to tying him to the Benoit murder-suicide, a lot of people said, oh, he's a Satanist, he's in a cult, and this and that and whatever. That was just his character. (laughs) That was just his persona. Yeah. So I think that that's no, I don't. I I know for a fact that's where people were confused by him, <laughs> and I I could see why they would think he would have some involvement in it, but he was clear, like he had an alibi of where he was right. that night. That mean Undertaker's killer too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Because he he's the devil. <laughs> yeah. Well, put Kane in that respect. Yeah. yeah. You would have to put Kane in there as well because how do you think one person could fend off Chris, Nancy, and their son? So, <laughs> yeah, you would need more than two, more than one person. 
but yeah, that that's where his his uh, story wraps up to me. I know for a fact he had nothing to do with it because it was all an act. And let, let me go to one of the other ones here because that's all about Kevin Sullivan still. And you did bring up the Sherry Martell connection. And, and and bad news brown had also passed away a couple months before that which is the guy that got chris into new japan pro wrestling yeah and just like zach said in the chat people couldn't separate non-fiction from fiction yeah that's something that really needs to happen a lot more to be able to separate the fact from the fiction yeah we do it's clearly in your face what what his storyline was and who Kevin Sullivan's character was. So yeah, that that completely clears his name. He's he's got good good shit to help him out in that. One of the other things that happened that night, as y'all saw in that opening video, is that he he made some calls to Chavo Guerrero, and that some of those calls sounded a little bit weird. That Chris Benoit sounded off. Yes. And what what's weird to me in those calls, well, not so weird seeing as what happened, is that even though he mentioned Nancy and his son being there he never heard them like even though they were sick you would think he would be able to hear something right uh like i was telling i was telling andrew before we went on it, that's because he had he had already killed him uh yeah. he, he he killed nancy on the friday night and he killed daniel that saturday morning there was a house show that night in beaumont and uh Chris was actually thinking about making that, that show. He even booked a later flight that day, uh, but I, I guess that I guess he decided not to it at the at the end, and that's when he when he ended his life. Yeah. So one of one of the other things Chavo said during one of his phone calls with with Chris is that he heard an intruder over the phone. And this is this is the one I find the most interesting because it, it's one of the ones I hear from almost everybody who knows anything about this Chris Benoit case. I I find it weird that neither the police or investigators or anybody who did any sort of work in this case never found his phone to be able to test it or look into it, look through text messages. Even though now you can pull up like the file, like you can go to the company yeah, you can hear all the calls that were made. Yeah. And you can see all the text messages that were sent out. 
Yeah. That that one just seems a little bit weird to me. What happened to his phone? That's always going to be a question in everybody's mind. And yeah, just Chavo saying that he heard someone else there, like in Chris Benoit's ear, almost like telling him something to say, telling him what to say. Yeah. And, and you know, we always ask these questions. We well, talked about it before. We asked the questions, what if? Because yeah. uh, Bob Holly had actually offered to go, go pay Chris a visit a couple days before the before the 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 murders, but he decided not to because see, Chris had taken a few days off and he wanted him to have time with his family. Also, that Friday night, Nancy had made three calls to the the neighbor. Her name is Holly. She was real close with the family. She was Daniel's horseback riding instructor. Uh, she made three calls to her her home that that night, but but she never got an answer. So you know what if what if Holly had picked up the phone? Yeah, yeah. It's it's just it's it's going to be real weird to me that his phone was never found, even though now there's no need to really have it because of how you can pull the information from said company, whatever service he had. Yeah. So his phone is really not that important, but that just leads me to ask the question, who has his phone? And what were they trying to hide by taking his phone? Maybe Chris caught some videos or pictures of when the intruder, if there was an intruder, made his way into the house. Because even though the company can pull up phone calls and text messages, pictures and videos, no, you can't pull that up. Because back then there was no cloud. Right, yeah. There was none of that. Yeah. (laughs) Now, Now, you're you're screwed. (laughs) So basically, don't kill anybody now. Yeah. (laughs) Don't kill anybody now because... Hey, everything's backed up. Like, my phone backs up to the cloud every single day. So any pictures that I add to it are going to be there. I I have pictures on my phone going back 10 years, and that was like three phones ago. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So be careful with the pictures you take. Yeah. Because they will come back to bite you in the They're out there. Yes. They're out there. Yeah. (laughs) if, If they are that something that can get out, it'll find its way out. So, yeah. That's just one of the things I'll always find interesting is we're never going to know what truly was in this phone as far as pictures and videos from those last couple of days. (laughs) Zach? Yes. uh, This is the problem right here. (laughs) Minor NSFW. Well, <laughs> yes, that that's what we do sometimes. So that's what we have to worry about. So let me let me see what else we got here. Uh, one of Benoit's neighbors, Holly, the one you were talking about, 
she was the first first one to call after WWE had contacted the authorities about Benoit's absence and the strange text. Um, one of the things that a lot of people who live in the neighborhood say is that Dave Taylor, who at that time was a WWE talent, was spotted outside the Benoit residence shortly before the police arrived. Hmm. So that's that's another question. How can someone from WWE and who back then was just a talent, even no one that was that important, know to be there? You know? That seems suspicious to me. Was he ever questioned by the police? As far as I know, and from what I'm reading, he was not. What what people said, and one of the things he said is that he heard that the family had been sick and that they had no showed, and that Benoit had no shown some dates. So his alibi is that he was coming to check on them. But I still find it. Yes. Why would you be in Georgia if your company that you work for is in Texas? Yeah. And as I from from everything I've seen, he wasn't even really someone who was great friends with Chris or Nancy. He was just another talent the company had at the time. So that is something if I was the police investigating this shit, that is something that I would have questioned him about. And I mean, as far as I know, he's still alive. So there's yeah. still time yeah. that some, someone can maybe still question him on it. So yeah, that, that's something they can look into as well if somebody really wants to. Uh, one of the other things that was that happened a couple of days before is the Wikipedia the Wikipedia entry that foreshadowed Nancy's death. So 12, 12 or so hours before the police discovered the bodies, somebody made a Wikipedia entry that said Chris Benoit was replaced by Johnny Nitro for the ECW championship match at Vengeance as Benoit was not there due to personal issues stemming from the death of his wife, Nancy. And what made it even more suspicious is that the IP address of the user who made the edit was based in Stanford, Connecticut. Which we all know WWE headquarters is in Stanford. Well, yeah. Well, that could have been someone from from WWE just Changing the page after after they they knew Chris wasn't going to be there. Yeah, and it continues that I had heard. So I think it's been cleared up. Well, it has been cleared up. 
So police traced the IP address to the home of a local teenager and determined that the incident was most likely a coincidence. But to be able to not only just hours before and out of all the talent that WWE has, target Chris and Nancy's names on a post where they were, where she was already deceased and that's why he was missing, missing out on vengeance. That also sounds a bit confusing and misleading to me. Well, they did say that, that even though that even by the end of the show, you know, that, some of the higher ups already they already knew the truth of what happened. Yeah. So I I don't know I don't know if they just if it somehow slipped out and someone did something they weren't supposed to and they just needed to find someone to pin it on and just found some unsuspecting victim of this random kid. And they just blamed it on him. But, yeah, the fact that someone put that out on Wikipedia a couple of hours before and getting it right, uh, I think there there might have been something else there. And one of the other things people were concerned about that we've – it kind of ties in between the CTE and being a professional wrestler is that Chris had roid rage, which we all know is a thing. Most most people who use steroids are a bit more active, let's say, and sometimes don't have that method of letting out their aggression. So I do believe that that probably had something to do with what happened that night. Because you mix roid rage with alcohol use, even even though it, it, it was shown that there was no alcohol in Chris Benoit's system. I don't know. That's why it's weird to me. There's still a lot of questions that aren't as clear, but finding so many opened wine bottles and beer bottles from what the police report has said, I find it a little bit weird that you don't find some sort of alcohol. Well, well, because they said from... The the alcohol alcoholic level in his body could have dropped from the time that that he passed away to the time the autopsy was done. Yeah, yeah, we we all know like the, your level of alcoholism can go up and down, and with time passing, yeah. Probably by the time they did autopsy and uh, tests and stuff, his levels had gone down. So, yeah, it's just roid rage is a bitch. 
from what from everything I've read about it and from things I've seen about it, that that's that's not a good thing to have in your body. So and here here we go back to the Chris Benoit had brain damage with which we've already spoken about. And all the concussions he had, which you know, Chris Nowinski, who is what was a professional wrestler and had his own struggles with CT. That's why he got into this. Did examine Chris Benoit's brain and cleared up that whole thing that he did have CT. So, yeah, we're just never going to truly know the reason why Chris Benoit did this. Talk about people that may know something uh William Regal, uh, he lived. He didn't live too far from Chris. And the night after, uh, or that night on Raw, when they did that, that tribute, uh, uh, Regal said, you know, said some nice things about Chris, but then he said he, he wasn't going to discuss anything further. And it was said that even off camera, that JBL went up to him and just said. He, he just asked him, you, you think he did it? Yeah. Yeah, that that is another the, one of the things I had always heard as well, is that William Regal either knew something or had his suspicions about Benoit being able to do something like this. Which just goes to show that maybe he wasn't as clean cut of a person as we thought he was. Maybe people saw stuff around happening around the arenas. Because, you know, back then things were a lot different than what they are now. They wouldn't have cameras rolling 24-7 on the way to the arena during... In the all in the back and afterwards capturing stuff for documentaries and for shows that are being recorded like Total Divas, Total Bellas, that that sort of thing. So they probably saw a lot more than we know of. Of course they did. <laughs> yeah. So to be able to know everything is it, it's not possible, especially from back in the day. And then there's the irony of this, this whole thing that that Monday's episode of Raw was canceled at, at the last minute. They were in Corpus for Raw. Uh, and, and Vince opened the show in an empty arena. I, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, they told the fans the show was canceled and they probably gave refunds. Uh, but he, you know, is saying that that uh, talking about that how their their bodies were discovered and <clears throat> how this is going to be a, a a tribute show and how it was supposed to be a show meant for uh, to find out who killed Mister McMahon. If you remember uh, a week prior prior to that. Vince McMahon, he blew up in his limousine. 
and they had the, all the wrestlers from Raw, SmackDown, and ECW were going to be there that night. And Stephanie was going to do an investigation and find out who really, who really did it. And and uh, I'm, I've heard they even had went as far as they were going to have a, a casket on the stage. So mm-hmm. all that had to be scrapped. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure like they had some some plans, like you said, the casket on stage thing that that that's one of the normal things you would see back in the day. Not as much now. Yeah. Back then you would see that a lot more. Yeah. It's it's just one of those things that we're never gonna know what truly was gonna happen that day anymore for those for those plans they had for that episode. And just to let you know, you you won't find that episode anywhere. No, that that no. episode is no longer available on the WWE Network. It's not on Peacock. They replaced it with uh, a Best of 2007, which is kind of weird seeing a Best of 2007 in in June. But anyway, that's that's what they did. So yeah, to show future matches. Yeah. <laughs> Which one of the other things I saw the other day that I've ne- I've never seen before is there's this picture where supposedly it's Chris on the day of Nancy's death, mm-hmm. and what he was doing is he. He had went to he had went to a clinic to get medication air quotes. And yeah. it's just one of those pictures where when you see it, he just looks as normal as ever, but it's I'm I'm trying to pull it up here. Well, yeah, because because he, he had gone to 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 the doctor's office, and after he stepped out of the office, there were there were other patients there and people that and staff that he you know wanted to get their picture with him. So he took he took some pictures and signed autographs, you know the typical tip, typical stuff that wrestler would do. Yeah. So, as far as we know, from any of the pictures that have made it out. This is the last picture ever taken of Chris Benoit. And this is supposedly at that doctor's office where he went to go get some medication. See, this could, you know, uh, that could be a sign of road rage because of road rage, roid rage, because maybe he he didn't have roid rage at the time. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe that's why he looks so calm. Yeah. Normal, collected, yeah. like he was, like he was medicated almost. Yeah, yeah. That's just one of the things we'll never know is what what did he really go get there that day? So, yeah, like, like I said, there's there's still more questions than answers in my eyes. I still think we could. We could be able to dive deeper into it if we knew more details, but 
there's just so much mystery around it still. Even though, you know, it all points, all signs point to that Benoit did it. I don't, I don't know if we will truly ever know, like, what all was happening that night. So now the aftermath. Uh, Freddie and I were talking about this the other day off, off air. <clears throat> the house they lived in. Uh, the Benoit's bought it in, uh, I believe, 06 or 05 for 900000 Uh Two years after after the the murders, they were sold. It was sold in two thousand nine for two hundred eighty two thousand, considerably less than than what Damn. it was. Yeah, hundred thousand, yeah. almost six hundred thousand less. <laughs> yes. So my question, and I had posed this pretty obviously the house is going to be worth now more now because of of the housing market, you know, and inflation, but. Uh, you know the the person that bought the home at the time. I don't know. If they still own it, but did they know about the murders when they when they bought the house? If and and if so, or if not, have they heard anything in the house? Are there are <laughs> spirits of Chris Benoit, Nancy, and Daniel still in that house? Well, this is wrestling with conspiracies, <laughs> the paranormal. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Me, me personally, with how, with the seriousness of what happened that night, I personally would think there would be some activity in I the would house because the trauma and the, the violence of yes of the murders it's got to leave an imprint. Yeah. yeah. And as, as, somewhere somehow, yeah. And, and I would say the main the main uh, energy would uh, bad energy would be in the basement where that weight room was, because he and Chris Benoit did hang himself from his his pull down machine with a weight of about two hundred forty pounds uh, of, of pressure that came down on him. Yeah. Yeah, so as far as I know, from everything I have read, because one of, one of the things, obviously this was very, very short notice and in the moment that we thought of it, from everything I have seen, it's still the same owner. Okay. So the same person that bought it still owns it, but... I, I I haven't been able to figure out who it is. Obviously, my question to y'all is: Would y'all live there? <laughs> okay, uh, uh, be honest, Johnny. Fans, being big wrestling fans, knowing what took place in that house, would you live there? Uh, yeah, probably would. Uh, I probably would because. You know, even if you did start to notice, hear things, or notice things, you could talk to him as as a wrestling fan, or even just as a as a you know regular person. Just say, you know, what happened. You know, obviously you're you're probably not gonna get you're not gonna get a clear answer, but you know, 
you know, you can say, like, you know, what what's done is done, you know. I, I, I you'd probably feel bad for it, but, you know, you have to leave this house. You can't be here anymore. Because you're not here anymore. True. If you had the chance, would you take your wife and kids to live over there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you just wouldn't tell them what house you bought? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure the intern would know. I could do my own paranormal investigations. Yes. Get, get an EF, EMF reader. Which get one of, you can get on your phones now. <laughs> get one of those highway highway radios that that you can that that you can they can talk through the 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 spirit box. Yeah, yeah. I, I personally, I'm very much into ghost investigations and stuff like that. I watch it a lot. Like Johnny knows, he's heard it over the last couple of days. In, in my truck that I've been I've been listening to certain things here and there of a new podcast that I found. So yeah, if I if I had the chance, I I would I would definitely buy the house. And not only would I do my own sort of paranormal investigations there. I would set it up for those that are as interested as I am as a tourist attraction slash like bed and breakfast type of thing. <laughs> and I, I, I would live there and like rent out rooms. Yes. Like you you wanna you wanna spend the night in the garage? Sure. You wanna sleep in Daniel's room? Yeah, you want to sleep in Daniel's room? Cool. You want to sleep in Chris and Nancy's room? Sure. You want to go sleep in the basement? Exactly. <laughs> Where whatever room you want to sleep in, I'll rent it out to you. But yeah, that that's just what I would do if I had the chance. And when when you asked that question of if we had the chance, would we do it? Zach was straight up. He just said. Nope. I had my ghost experience. One and done. But then earlier, he said, Ouija board. We'll find out. Oh, I, oh. I'm sorry. I'm not messing with that. Yeah, I know. I We've spoken many different times about what, what how far we would be able to take things if we had the chance. And I would do all the electronic stuff. I'm yes. not touching Ouija board. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. John, Johnny has straight up said he would want nothing to do with a Ouija board. I don't know why they sell. I, I see it at Target sometimes. And I'm like, why? Why do they even sell that? Don't we yeah. carry them at Walmart? Yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, Drew oh. has now said that he would want nothing to do with it. What's the purpose of that board game anyway? Don't know what the purpose of it is. It's made, as, by, it's made by by Milton Bradley. Yeah, I okay. I don't know exactly what it's good for, but I know what it's with the dead. For. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know what it initially was good for. You know, I don't know why they made it a family game. 
hey, you want to speak with your dead relatives? Here's a game for you. <laughs> I've just I've just heard of too many bad stories that come out of Ouija board use. Yes, opening stuff that you don't want to open. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. For for the right amount and with the right level of protection around me. I'm 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 taking crosses and rosaries and holy I water. I would have to have a priest there with like holy water ready yeah, and yeah. even even though I've 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 made it pretty obvious here and in my own personal life that I don't believe in that sort of stuff. <laughs> if it's gonna save me but from you know that's, but you know that spirit probably does. Yeah. So if it's gonna save me from not being possessed and possibly dying because of it. I'm going to have someone around that knows what they're doing in that aspect. So, <laughs> yeah. That There's a lot it. that can be done. Zach just put in the chat, call the Winchesters. Yeah, call the Winchesters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... This is something we're going to be doing. Yeah. Yeah, Zach. Salt circles and iron. There's so much shit. There's so much shit. <laughs> I'd have so much salt. Like, even though, because you never truly know what what can help you out against it. Even though this is a vampire thing, I would have garlic there. Like, maybe the demon hates garlic. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the sort of protection I'm willing to take. So yeah, this is this is something we're gonna be doing once a month. There's gonna be different topics that we're gonna talk about. Both and wrestling and non-wrestling. Both wrestling and non-wrestling. I do wanna bring up one more thing. Moving away from Chris Benoit for a little bit. Uh, Zach, have you heard about Bam Margera and what's going on with him? I, I know I know, y'all know who Bam Margera is because we've all seen the Jackass movies and yes. we're fans of the show yeah. and stuff like that. He, he's been going through... <laughs> his fair share of issues these last couple of years dealing with his best friend's death, Ryan Dunn and alcoholism and drugs and just trying to cope with everything that has happened. We we wanted him to get better. This is stuff I've spoken to Zach about stuff. I've spoken to Johnny about, and it looked like it was working for a little bit because even even Steve-O took him on tour and said, hey, if you want to get started doing this comedy bit thing, this is what I'm doing. It works. Even brought him on stage, and they did a couple of nights together and never finding a good rhythm. But then Bam ended up leaving the tour and... Just going back to some of some of his normal ways of drinking and separating himself from his friends. 
But there were some videos that came out where he was more around his kids. He looked a little bit more clean, a little bit healthier, like he was working on himself. But one of the things that popped up in my email and on my news today before we started is uh, a warrant has been issued for his arrest for assault. He got into an altercation somewhere out in public. All the details haven't been out yet, so I don't know exactly where it happened. But he assaulted someone, got into a bit of an altercation, (coughs) and as soon as he read that, as soon as he heard that the cops were on the way, he ran into the woods. (laughs) And they can't find him. Oh, yeah. So Um, I know he did something bad. Like assault is no assault is nothing you should do. Yeah. You should never assault anyone. So if you do it, like I'm always I'm always on the belief of you got to face your act, face your consequences to your actions. So at this point, I don't know what you do here. Or I don't know what kind of condition he's in. Because he's just hiding out in the woods somewhere. And they can't find him. That's just something I wanted to bring up here at the end. Because I know Zach Zach is a very big fan. Well, Like you said, this is part of his childhood. As bad as it sounds... You know, when somebody does something like that, chances are you're not going to see that person alive again. Yeah. And I I said this before. I'm pretty sure I said this on the podcast at one point. I'm just, I just want him to get better. And it looks like it's not going to happen. Because now he's run off into the woods after this assault. So that's just something I wanted to bring up because it's the latest on Bam and what's going on with him. And like I said, we are fans here. So I just thought I'd let you all know. So, yeah, sorry sorry that I had to bring that up at the end and kind of end it on a bummer note. But like I said, this is going to be a monthly thing. There's going to be more to come. Uh, Let us know if you... If you want anything to hit us with and what you want us to report on. Uh, if you have your own conspiracy theories out there you want us to talk about. <laughs> yeah, we could talk about that as well. We're going to dive into Aliens, Area 51, the Yeti, the Abominable Snowman, all that shit. Whatever y'all want to talk about, we will talk about. So, hope everybody... Enjoys the rest of their week, and we will come back to y'all on Saturday with our normal news and reviews back to wrestling. So until then, hope everybody enjoys the rest of their week, and see y'all then. See you next week. Check you later.